You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. From the table, the official podcast of the Comedy Cellar, coming to you on Sirius XM Radio 99, Ruddug. And of course, oh, Noam is not here because uh, that's why I'm doing the introduction, because Noam's not here. I don't know why he's not here, but he's not. He I take it as a personal offense. Uh, yeah. Is well, he on his way? Uh, no, he's not on his Well, he's on his way, but not here. <laughs> I think he's on his way to uh, Mi- Mila's piano recital or something. I don't know, but but he's not here. We have I with don't us. He's going to choose his daughter's piano recital. I don't know what table? he has, but he's not here. But what we, who we do have here is a fairly impressive uh, array fairly. of guests. We have well, Keith first of all, Robinson. Periel. Well, let Perry me take this. L. Let's do this systematically, Peter. <laughs> we have Periel Ashenbrand, the, our new producer. Hi. And MP. Keith Robinson, absolutely a regular at the Comedy Cellar, writer, yeah. performer, and uh, and uh, he also has a special called Back of the Bus Funny. Back, Back of the, the Bus, Bus Funny, Funny. Uh, three girls, one Keith. That's, That's on a podcast there. with Amy Schumer. That's on there. That's on there. That's on there. And, and but Keith, how good was that is, third host, the third girl that ruined the name for you? You're damn right. Right. Yes. That person owes you a debt. It could have been a perfect name, but you had to have Rachel Feinstein on there. You're damn right. Is that I who it like is? It. I don't like it. Three girls and one key. It'd be two right. girls and one key. Uh, that yes, voice two. you hear is that of Mr. Pete Holmes. A special guest. I say special because he's not here very often. Keith is here a lot. We'd love to have him, but he's he's not. Well, you don't have to explain everything like that. Just go. <laughs> Why take me down and build him well, up? I'm not taking you down. I'm saying we're happy to have Pete because we never see him. <sighs> Peter. That's true. I haven't been here since probably the three of us were shooting here. We, we well, you've been living in Los Angeles, living in L.A. where I live. Yeah, we were talking about that. Now this is the first time I've seen you since the end of the cancellation of the. The end uh, of the cancellation means we weren't canceled. <laughs> well, no, I'm just, I'm just the uh, ongoing uh, cancellation. Uh, Our cancellation was renewed for another cancellation. <laughs> the point is, crashing is over. Over, it's crashed. The third season was the last season. Final. How did you feel about that when you heard the news, Pete Holmes? Uh, it was a mixed bag. I mean, coming back here uh, stirs up those emotions because I can't drive around this neighborhood. I, I, we passed uh, Minetta's, and I was like, that's where Bill Burr and Artie and I ate the steaks. They were fake steaks, but we were eating steaks and did that scene. And we passed uh, the fat black pussycat. I go, oh, that's where Artie and I had our big fight. And then I come here to the cellar, and I go, that's where Madeline and I, uh, we had our big breakup, and she stumbled into the street. And then I come in the club, and I'm like, oh, this is the table where I was talking with Natterman and Feinstein, and there's fucking Keith, and, and downstairs, obviously, upstairs. It's, it's, it, this is like our set. It's crazy. So this is like a reunion for me with locations and people. And that, and that makes me miss it. Um, but, I, you know, I've said a couple times where the show is about making friends with change. And, you know, whether it be a divorce or, or a loss or a blown audition or a bad set. So a show being canceled is, in my real life, that's a change. 
And the message of the show is you roll with those changes. You go with the flow. Well, so I that's think what I'm doing. Keith and I both uh, were, were, were uh, a little bit um, rattled. Yeah, I, don't want to speak I didn't like it. Keith. I'll speak for myself. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I really didn't like it. The thing was canceled. I know we was, never got the great Keith it was, episode. It was getting some juice. The thing was, I was getting a little juice off that third season. Yeah, baby. People just call me from Australia, yeah. this place, that place. Like, ah, oh, I love the L.A. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Wait till the fourth season. Yeah, well, yeah, I was getting a little bit, you know, bigger uh, roles with yep. each season. First yep. season, I had maybe one episode. Second season, two or three. Third yep. season, four. I was looking forward to the fourth season. I thought that this would be... Uh, well, we, I don't want to rub of, it in, but you know Jed loves you, and I love you, and, and the same for you, Keith, obviously. Keith does love me as I well. I mean, yeah. Keith and Trainwreck, come on. This is yeah. a Jed Apatow. He's in the stable. I'm in. And uh, <laughs> we always had episodes. We only got to do eight a season, which was really hard for us. And we'd always have episodes up on the board for different ideas. We'd kick it around. What would it be like if Pete, we had it, I don't hope this doesn't make it worse, but we're like, what if Pete lived with Natterman? What is Natterman's life like, you know? What if Pete goes on a trip with Keith? What if, like, we had this whole black circuit thing, the black like the circuit. chitlin thing, and it was like, Pete goes, and, and he has to, we had the episode broken, like, he's got to learn how to, like, be himself instead of pander. You know, like, white, a lot of white guys go to the black circuit, they're like, What's up, y'all? And it's like, no, be you. They want you to be you. Be yourself. Be you know, your funny it's self. It's funny because it's like, think about that black circuit. A yeah. lot of black comics pander to of the course. black circuit. Yeah, to the white it, circuit. To the black well, circuit. Oh, and to the, the black circuit. circuit. Okay. You know, you go back and forth. When I first started, I did nothing more white the white circuit. And I go back to the neighborhood. My whole lingo had changed. So I go up to my buddies in the hood. They hood dudes, straight hood dudes. Yeah. I'm like, hey, how you guys doing? Uh. How you guys doing? What are you, potsy? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> so, you know, you have to adjust. I, I, adjust. I it's like that great Bill Burr bit. I yeah. performed once or twice, well, maybe three or four times in all black settings. Yeah. I must say it's not my favorite thing to do. I'm uh, not just saying this. I think I would. I can't imagine a crowd that wouldn't just immediately get you. You're one of the most gettable guys because you you're gotta, just you. You gotta not have that fear of the crowd. Yeah, that's right. That's the main I, thing. I, I think you can't look when that crowd sniff out that you got some fear yeah, of them. Yeah. Then you're gonna get. Maybe it. I was over, right. also I was overthinking it because I thought all right, everything I said could potentially be perceived as racist. <laughs> Right, See? you know, you like to say, so who here is married? Oh, black people can't be married? Right, you know? right, 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 I understand. Uh, well, you get in your head. You get in I your head. I think that's what Pete would have done, Pete on the show. Yes. And he would have tried to have been, like, pandering. when. So Bill really kind of cut his teeth in the black circuit, and he, he said to me once he was like... Bill Burr. Bill Burr. He was like, you got to remember, like, when you have a, com a, a comedy show, 10 comics, and there's one black guy or one black woman that that's special, that that's, like, unique, and it's like, oh, good, here's, like, a different perspective. He was like, it's the same thing when you're the only white guy on a show. Oh, here's here's something new, and you got to go with that energy instead of, like, oh, I'm so sorry, well, I'm different. I'd prefer yeah. to avoid it if possible. Now, <laughs> see, but that's funny. the thing, that you can avoid black crowds. You know, you can go do what you do and never have to do a black crowd. I can't avoid white crowds. <laughs> I got to do a white crowd because that's what it is for me. 
Right. Your reality is you don't have to do no, like Barr use a black crowd like Fox use uh, with the black shows at the 90s Martin and all. Remember all the black shows <laughs> that built Fox up? That's how Rock. Barr did. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I feel that a white crowd seeing a bla- is more receptive to a black comedian than a black crowd in general would be to a white comedian. Yeah, that's where you're wrong at. Well, I certainly. Funny is funny. But it's your it's a mindset when you got that. There is that a confidence. And the, the, well, you your see confidence it in, in Def Jam, even the way comics are dressing up, and and obviously I think of Bernie Mac, the great Bernie Mac, with the "I ain't scared of your motherfuckers" is like the essence of every comedian. Somewhere in there needs to be a Bernie Mac that's like "I ain't scared of your motherfuckers." Because that's what the thing is. That's right. When Bur- I was actually there when Bernie did that, you were. Yes, I was there. Dude, we, that should be yeah. your credit. And he was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just Sex guy was there. I was there, of course. I was That's there. That's big. And uh, we, you know, we all did Def Jam. That you know, I did Def Jam, and everybody did Def Jam. But it, it is like if you have that confidence, and you, the audience is picking up, like, oh, he ain't trying to be nobody but That's himself. Right. That's right. And that's where you win. Yeah. And that's why I like that. Black clubs, uh, black crowds will price check you, like, <laughs> boom, <laughs> rah, 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 no good. You know what I mean? What do you think a black a black crowd? Correct me if I'm wrong. Not that you're the authority, but I feel like you are one of the authorities. Relatively authoritative. You're the the most authoritative uh, at the table. Seinfeld, black room, good. Seinfeld be good because Seinfeld be. He's him. He's gonna be him. Larry David. Look at the black community loves Larry David because he's being legit. He's being real. He's being legit. So when you you know. I do think white people are missing out. I spent about two days with um, Lunell following her around and interviewing her. And I went to a show in Brooklyn and there were about, I mean, easily 2,000 people in the crowd. And I was literally the only white person there. Wow. And it was shocking. I mean, this was it's like... different. A, yeah, I mean, it was... What? Why is that happening? It was insane. Well, I, I think it's, it, it goes both ways, too. Because a lot of the comics... That on an all-black circuit, they come to a white room and they fall apart because they have that same fear. Right. They, they're not authentic well, that's, to that white crowd. That's the Bill Burr bit where he's yeah. like, I feel like I have to act a certain way in black neighborhoods, but you know it goes the other way. You know this bit where he's like where a black guy is going to pick up his girlfriend in, in the white neighborhood. You know, he starts low in the seat. But as he gets closer and closer to his house, <laughs> he's raising the seat up a little oh, bit. Man. It's really funny. I can't do no, it like no, Bill. No. But that's that's. But like what we all is. morph out of fear, yeah, out of fear of whatever you you know. But so the greats don't. The, when you find yourself, that's right. That's the thing of finding yourself on stage. You're like, I don't give a damn who it is. So if that, you like me, you'd like me. If you don't, you don't. And that's what Keith would have told Pete. In season four, oh, but here now, it is the radio play version. <laughs> now, uh, now in in the show in crashing, as as people that have seen the show know, you lose a lot of comedians, a lot of people from the comedy cellar um, yep. world. Um, do you think it? How do you think it would have worked had you hired actors to play us better? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He may be right. Hold on. (laughs) No, I don't think better. You know, Joe Rogan was just saying, why wasn't there a show with all comedians, right? And I thought about that. I was like, one is availability. It's really hard. Like, if we wanted to book a comedian in every little part, you can't get Bo Burnham 
to come in to New York City for one day for $350. It's just not going to happen. So that's difficult. You can't get maybe local people, smaller people. The trick is... You're saying you can't get a Dan Abner and a Keith Robinson. That's what I'm saying. For $350. That, no, you guys, I hope your rate was better. <laughs> if it was $350, let me talk to your agents. That was, that was a bad deal. But the idea that uh, all comedians is good, but like... I think about Madeline. You guys worked with Madeline. You, sure, you were a tall here. girl, blonde. Tall blonde, Kill Bill. Madeline Wise. She was so good, I believe maybe like, maybe Maria Bamford could have done that. You know what I mean? Played that in her mm -hmm. own way. But you can't get Maria Bamford. You got to get these actors. And I sort of like the energy when it's actors working with comedians. It's nice to have that diversity. She was well, great, Madeline. One, one she, thing, she was amazing. Good. She was amazing. She was my example of like, oh, fuck. I was working with so many comedians that we were sort of, I don't want to say teaching to act, but like working with new actors. Here's an example who would not mind me saying so. Esty has not acted. Esty, just to uh, be clear, the she's the here. person that books the room here, and she played herself and in Crash. And she crashing. was wonderful, and, that, and I love that experience. And then it's a different experience when you're doing a very right. dramatic scene and somebody has to cry and somebody has to pretend to be drunk. Somebody has to do nine takes and it's two in the morning. That's, that's when it's like, oh, wow. That's when Even, the actors come in. That's right. Like, <laughs> right, right, But right. I, I was watching that going like, I'm not doing this. Whatever she's doing, that's what I'm trying to do. Right. They're like real right. legit right. things. But, but one so thing blend is good. comedians are good for is by nature, a Judd Apatow joint uses a lot of improv. I don't yeah. know if he does that with everything he does, but certainly, but I assume he does. No, the, when Madeline was funny, when her character was funny, it worked because she was funny. And I say, I think she was very funny, but she was funny in a way that our people aren't, we're kind of funny in a uh, more fucked yeah, up way. way. <laughs> well, it's a little see, bit more honed, a little bit more I, fucked up, really. I love, I love seeing good acting because I know I'm nowhere near that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. When I see a good act, I'm like, oh, And it makes wow. you better. Yes, It makes go. you better. Because, I, you know, I did something in 94 with uh, Don Cheadle. Yeah. A movie called Rebound. And just watching this guy, I'm like, Ugh. That's you not what we do. It checks you. You go like, that's why I'm always hesitant. People are like, oh, he's a comedian and actor. I'm like, I'm a comedian who acts. Yeah. I like acting. It's We all like acting. It's fun. But you really can feel the comedy yeah, on them. Yeah, you can, you can feel the comedy on it. Like yeah. you feel, like you can tell who's a comic. Or yeah. maybe because well, I, I think, know. I think that depends on the role. I, a lot of roles, we do a, a fine job. Oh, I'm not saying you know, we're bad. It's just different. Like, Burr is a great actor. Bill Burr on Breaking Bad. I wasn't like, here's a comic. We're bad compared to real, when you see a we're catching real up. actor. We're catching up. It's, it, 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 believe me, if I, like Denzel's walk yeah. is better than anything I've ever done. <laughs> interesting. Guess his walk. Interesting actors <laughs> are interesting people. That's what David <laughs> Mamet said. He said, yeah. you would watch Al Pacino eat a sandwich. Yeah. You'd just be mesmerized. <laughs> That's but here's what actors can't do, and I stand by this. They have a very hard time doing stand-up, looking like they're stand-ups. Just mic technique, just the way they take yeah. the stage, just the way they yeah. look at the audience. You're going to have to do like a real in-depth method, Dustin Hoffman, Lenny-style character study right. if you're going to do it properly. And so when I see shows when uh, actors are pretending to be stand-ups, you like punchline. We always use punchline as the example where Tom Hanks and Sally Field are pretending to be stand-ups. You're like, these are actors. Yes. Like, the way they pause, the way they do it. They don't add anything. They don't know to riff. Uh, yeah. if the right, line, right, right. If the line right, didn't right. work, add something well, that what, works. What about, Find it. As I was saying about comics, about improving, which is what a lot of crashing was. It yeah. wasn't script. I mean, they would give you a script, 
uh, you know. Well, and you had to run downstairs and you were like, where's the script? I was like, there's no script. Yeah, well, you give me a script and it would say, you know, the comics get together. And you'd have lines for us, but you'd say, but yeah, forget about the script. Just, yeah. just, and sometimes Judd, can I, can I reveal this trade secret? He would st- stand in the back of the room and yell out lines. Yeah, yeah. He'd say, Dan, try saying, you know, sh- shut up, idiot. Or, right. Try- or sometimes I would do it in the scene. Right. I'd go like, now call me a uh, fat. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, right, and then we just try a bunch of different things, and it would be cut up and but, stitched but that, together, that, and, and that you wouldn't you wouldn't know. It. That's best, because though. I mean, comics we're not can do that. Yes. Because we're not precious com- about right, the craft. Right. We're not like, don't interrupt my process. We're like, yeah, I can say that. Rachel Brosnahan <laughs> talked about that when they asked her, "Were you real on the marvelous Mrs. Mazo? Like, were you really doing stand up?" And she was like. Like, oh my God, no. Like, I yeah. would never really do stand up. That yeah. was all uh, written for I'd me. I'd like to point out, I haven't really se- I haven't seen much of it's that show. So, good. so I'm not like shots fired well, to pe- Marvel. People, Miss uh, which I always considered our sister show. It's always, it just did so much better. Well, people ours. seem to, people seem to like it. I haven't I seen that either. I, 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 I thought it was phenomenal. Well, I was really upset. I wanted an alliance with Miss Maisel. Well, well, I wanted a time well, machine a crossover. crossover episode. Yeah. yeah, because remember, like, Lonnie Anderson would go on the love boat and then she would go on Fantasy Island afterward. Yeah. And that could have been. She could have found a time machine. Time machine. What have you? Oh, yeah. nice yeah. time machine. Um, She's given a drink ticket that, well, that teleports. I'm not worried cellar. for you, Pete. I'm worried for Dan Natterman because I had health insurance as a result of crashing. <laughs> it's the only time I've been in the Screen Actors Guild for 17 years, never got health insurance. Oh. But with crashing, yeah, you went and I got, got that health, physical. I got health insurance. Well, no, but I have a physical coming up. Oh. Um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully, all will check well, out. I mean, not to be sentimental, but I think Judd and I agreed that like the best thing about it was finding a way to like represent the community because we really are a species i'm not trying to be sappy we're a species the show is about how comedians help each other sometimes people call bullshit on that they're like comics don't help each other i was like get new friends if your friends aren't helping you get new friends you you you're you're perfect like comics is like you know some comics in trouble financially yes put something up right away well i'll tell you this about comics as soon as somebody is sick or dying or or dead you gotta be sick or dying (laughs) (laughs) merely a shitty apartment's not enough yeah well well, well, why would it be well all right i'm just saying (laughs) or like no health insurance is not enough but if you're dying comics are right there johnny on the spot and and money will be raised that's that's pretty true that's that's not so much dying i mean or or, or in 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 trouble if you were in trouble i feel like people would at least do a benefit show we did an episode about that If, if i were in trouble I mean, well, if, if, you, one if you were going to be evicted, yeah. how hard would it be to do the, the, the Village Underground, Dan's going to be evicted? Do it at 6 o'clock. Who fucking cares? I, you fill it out. But how many people admit to being evicted? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I got evicted from my place in, like, 1990. <laughs> you did? Big sticker on the door. And if you know one of those stickers that you, you can't come spray off. You, yeah, you can't come No matter what it's somebody knew, sticker. I was being evicted. They do those yeah. on your window of your <laughs> car if you park in a, a yes. street cleaning. Well, you so. could put a poster over it. That's <laughs> true. Very shocking. Put a poster of Rockwell Welch. <laughs> now, Pete, but I say I'm not worried about you because I know you got shit cooking. Well, that's very kind I First of all, you're rolling, you rolled in today with a publicist and your manager. Now, yeah. this is a power move. You're trying to intimidate <laughs> me, and it worked. Pete is rolling in dough. <laughs> Clearly, Let's just say this. He's rolling well, in dough. I know Dave Rad. That's your manager. He's here yeah, today. He yeah. would have dropped you like a hot potato if nothing was going on. <laughs> He'd love to. He would <laughs> love to kick me So to I know you got shit cooking. So, so the, the question is, is what's cooking? What's well, co- you know, I, I don't say that this sounds like a line, but the book that I just wrote, Comedy Sex God, is, is the, what would have happened in the fourth and fifth seasons of Crashing. 
People are like, well, what happened next in the character? I'm like, well, it would have been about my talk show, which I cover in the book. It would have been about meeting my wife, which I cover in the book. It would have been about getting married, having a baby, all these things. So if you're curious, literally the next phase of my life is picked up in the narrative of, of, of the book. Okay, so so you, okay. You, you, you won't get Keith Robinson and Dan Natterman in yeah, there. Yeah, you don't have the cameos. But even if I had written you guys in, you wouldn't have been paid. So what, what, was, I a, was I a cameo? Because some people said oh, to me... Oh, you no cameo. You were a series regular. Somebody in my, in my building said to me, hey, I enjoyed your cameo on Crashing. I and think I, that's just layman speak. I almost speak. said to him, get the fuck out of here. I was yeah, you a, don't cameo. Get a cameo. I'm, a, I'm an actor. Jeff Ross but, but did a cameo. But I didn't want to sound like sour in grapes. Season one, Jeff Ross did a cameo. When you just walk by and go like... Uh, leave him alone, Greer. I think he's straight. That's a cameo. Right. Like he wasn't even in the in the script. Later, Jeff Ross came back. But you were you guys were not cameos. You were series regulars. Yes. Uh, but I, I didn't want to hit the guy because he lives in my building and it would have been awkward every time I. He might be listening guy. now. I just said thank you in a, in a harsh tone. That's right. Well, that's the right, that's the. Right he didn't play. know. He well, didn't know. yeah, these people don't know. Well, so my so dad calls Judd Apatow Jeff Applepaw. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we can't expect these people to understand what we. Do. Uh, well, I do try to take that into account. Now, so you, your book is yeah. called Comedy. Like, how big of a deal is that, <laughs> Jeff Applepaw? I'm like I don't know, Dad. He's like uh, Carl Yastrzemski. <laughs> what, <laughs> I don't know uh, what to say. What else beside the book? Anything or just right now the book? The book is enough, by the way. I'm not trying to minimize no, it. No, I understand. It's, it's a loving thing to want to know what people are up to. I, I'm trying to take some downtime. I, crashing was four years for me. The pilot and then three seasons was four years, and it was nonstop, as you remember. I mean, how many nights yeah, did oh, we Oh, you worked like a dog, yeah. Here, there were 14-hour days. Now, you, you're, what you had to do, I think, that work thing of trying to do, when you acting and all that, because yeah. it's like... All right, now this. Oh, dude. Now that angle. Well, you now saw this. it when we oh, were. Oh, it was exhausting. When we yes. were in a scene, I was acting with you, and I was thinking, are we getting the plot point? Plot, yeah. Are we tracking the attitude? That thing is hard. It, it was a lot. It, it, it was, was very a, a exhausting. And one day I had diarrhea. That was season we two. We don't need to know <laughs> that. Now. Thank okay, you. Then, you know the one where we where I'm at the uh, at the box. Yeah, you had well, diarrhea. Well, what you didn't know oh my God. is between scenes, I was downstairs. Yeah, Emptying I, your I, box. I, <laughs> I, damn near, I damn near broke my ankle. Oh, and, 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 and that was like oh, the bad I luck remember, episode. Yeah. Somebody had like that tiki from the Brady Bunch on. Yeah, and, I didn't like that day. Somebody said, did you trip or something? I was, made a step. Right, Keith got yeah, injured and, I didn't and, like and it. had to be, I didn't guess, cut like out of the it. whole thing. Didn't like it. Yeah, no, it was a lot. So I'm trying to, this sounds, you know, a little woo-woo, but I'm trying to balance all that doing with some non-doing. I'm going back to what well, I was doing. Doing is what I was doing on season two at the box episode. <laughs> ah! That was a pooing. play on words. You were pooing. I, you know, for 15 years, I was a comedian before Crash. I, I, I live the lifestyle that you guys are enjoying. You do spots, you write, you're trying to put together an hour. I'm doing that again. I'm doing a little bit of writing. I'm, I'm actually writing uh, a couple episodes of The Simpsons, which is a dream. Wow, that's true. a big deal. Yeah, I'm really on, excited about that. They're on season 53. They're on season 53. They like to, wow. yeah, it's still on is what people, I see Megan Amram posted. She's like, yes, it's still on. My episode airs tonight. Um, so I'm, I've actually been watching the new seasons and they're great. So I'm writing a couple episodes of that. And I'm trying to develop a couple things, you know. I, you know, Judd Apatow was here about a month ago, and he said, "Yeah, I'm in town. You know, me and Pete are I'm writing a movie." And he I thought he meant me. you, but he meant Pete Davis. How dare he go to the other white Another Pete? Pete? How dare well, the, he? The, the, you know what? The other white, the other Pete's not that white. He's as not. Far a, as I'm he's Pete, you're a whiter Pete. Oh no, he's definitely not as. I yeah. just meant color. 
Yeah, Pete. <laughs> we don't even know what to describe Pete. Uh, yeah. Pete as. What is it? He maybe got some. You know, I, don't I, know. I suspect He's, he has, and I, I don't know if he's done Twenty Three and Me, but I suspect he has some African American. Uh, I would. I would imagine okay. he's Italian. So he's he like an Italian kid from <laughs> Staten Island. Okay. Well, I don't know. You go to ethnocelebs.com, which is the final authority on the on the ethnicity of celebrities. I'll head right and, over and there. And it says <laughs> it, it says that he's like Jewish and Italian and Irish, but. I believe you're it, saying he's got some swagger, is what you're saying. I he's think a cool he's got a dude. tinge of hip hop in him. He's I got some hip hop. If you look, at I saw him, him do his set at Largo. He's wearing a hood the whole time. <laughs> I was like, that is something this Pete would never do. <laughs> this Pete is trying to let you see that golden. So anyway, so face. There's, there's, <laughs> did you and Judd uh, don't plan to collaborate on anything? Uh, no, or, I love Judd to death. I, 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 I'm not just saying this. We're friends. He texted me this morning. He saw my Colbert last night and. And we miss each other. It's kind. Of, it's it's romantic. You know, it's I miss seeing Jed all the time. I gave him a mouse pad with a photo of me and him sitting in this club. So I was like, "Don't forget me." It was like romantic. I was like, "Bye." Four years. I talked to the guy every day for four but years. But wouldn't a better uh, podcast thing be that you and Jed are feuding? Wouldn't yeah, that be I know. Great? I can't like, stand that guy. <laughs> oh, that would be good. We get that some nice spicy. Uh, yeah, I know. That would be clickbait. <laughs> Pete Holmes dishes on Apatow. We didn't have one. That's the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have one disagreement the whole time. I mean, every once in a while I would have like a courteous disagreement. But he was always right. And I'm not just saying that. He was always right. If he was like, it should be this, not this. But when you're working with fucking... Babe Ruth, speaking of Pete Davidson, who kind of looks like Babe Ruth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> speaking of Babe Ruth, you can trust him. You're like, okay, you're yeah. the slugger. I'm, I'm just on the bench. And it really was his show. You guys know that. Yeah. People are like, I love your show. I was like, yeah, you love our show. I was involved. I wrote the episodes. But every scene was something that Judd was like, or he'd change it. Would be shooting a scene out front, and I was like, I wrote this like romantic scene between Pete and Allie, and Judd was there, and he was like, I think you guys should fight. You guys should fight. And I was like, what? And we do a, it. It's not and a, he was right. It was it's not better. a terrible Apatow impression. It's actually Thanks, it's reasonable. I did. <laughs> Nobody I, does yeah, Apatow impression. I was thinking that maybe we could do a movie, but um, I'm doing something with uh, Pete Davidson right there. That is a, that's, that's pretty a, good, Judd. Yeah, that's not bad. Good. Now, now um, <laughs> Judd, if you hear I am going to switch, switch gears a little bit. On this show, as you may not know, we're a trans genre, we call ourselves. Oh, wow. That means TG. we talk about comedy. We also talk about political stuff. Now, Noam gets very, very deep into the political stuff. I don't. Okay, but he's some, not here, and we're he's still not, doing it. Right, and then when he's <laughs> not here, you complain but, but there is, well, but that I, we're not doing the political there, there, stuff. There is a topic that I think is worth discussing. I think it's quite interesting. Uh, then I think anybody, everybody has an opinion. On it. I want to talk about what is it, Alabama, the Alabama, yeah. and uh, Alabama, and abortion more generally, and in more particularly, Alyssa Milano's call for a sex strike. A now sex you're aware strike? that Alyssa Milano, the uh, the actress from uh, Who's the Boss and other things, Commando, etc., um, has said that women should not have sex uh, until uh, women get their reproductive rights. That's she's, not a bad idea. Well, she's got to coordinate with prostitutes. Because well, uh, that's where it's all coming from. Well, Uber, and, you know, yeah. took a few days yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my feeling... <laughs> what does Uber have to do with it? I don't know. I'm just saying things that are things that we do, driving, that are for pay. You can still take a strike. I mean, you're going to have to coordinate with some men with large purple hats. <laughs> that's a little uh, pimps and hoes humor. 
Yes. And, uh, <laughs> yes. Noted. Now, <laughs> noted. Thank you for a Dan Natterman laugh. But uh, noted. But what about this? What about this? And uh, this uh, women. First of all, many women are against abortion. So even if all the women that were uh, wanted to strike, that's only probably half the women out there. But you can still the other be. half of the women are going to are not going to strike because they think I'd, abortion is that no. number accurate? Well, whatever yeah. it is. Well, I think it's relevant. Whatever well, that number, it's a high is. number. A lot of women are pro-life. No, pro-life. But no, 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 no. You can still be against abortion, but for women's choice. Thank you, Keith. That you can still be. But what I'm saying, you mean you can be personally pro-life? Yeah, you're like, yeah, you can yeah, be pro-life for yourself. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that. That's asking. But there, but there's a lot a of women. There's a lot of women. <laughs> And there are women, of course, in that category. A lot of women that are pro-life, and they think that the law should be no abortion. And the and the men that are passing these laws, my guess is they're sexual partners. The the women that I, would strike, I know what you're saying. The I women hear, that would strike, their yeah. sexual partners are pro-choice it's anyway. It's not like these Congress people that are voting pro pro life pro life are married are to married these women to that are like pro-choice women. I'm yeah, I mean, it's like eighty five percent of these people in Alabama are like straight white well, fucking men. It was, yeah. it was 25 who voted was 25 white men. Yeah, but, but. Old, dusty, That's white right. men. Old That's and, exactly well, right. Old, old, and, old and dusty Mary, they might be. Saying. However, the electorate in Alabama is divide. The women are just as pro-life as the men. According to the polls that uh, that what, I've looked give at, give me some. Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't know like that, that. Yeah, I don't know about with, that. That you looked. Show me some evidence. Well, I, 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 I don't think I it's have that polls, far fetched. What you're saying is yeah. that like we live in New York, I live in L.A. People that live in metropolises, blue states, blue cities, at least, these are going to be a lot of pro-life people. I, I mean, pro-choice people. A lot of the country is pro-life. I don't know the numbers, but there are a and lot of pro-life just as many women, women are pro-life yeah. as men. So what you're saying, it's a very simple point he's saying. Yes. Even, if it's only, simplify. even if it's only 500,000 pro-life women, which is low, they're not. It, the strike won't work because they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it, and the men that are are, are pa- is what you're saying, and the legislator that are. Uh, it's not but isn't work isn't she anyway. try, Isn't her point though? I would wager. No, this is a reasonable person. She doesn't necessarily think it's going to happen. Yes. What right. she's doing is what is what's happening. Here we are talking about women's reproductive rights because somebody said something kind of salacious and interesting that got people talking about it again, in, in hopefully in a positive way. The whole thing is fucking garbage, frankly. <laughs> what, what, I mean, it it, right they're, there. they're talking about giving um, doctors 99 years yeah. in jail for performing abortions. They're talking about criminalizing women for going out of state for having an abortion. I mean, it's psychotic. They, they're going back. Well, they, none they're of, going back in time. Now. None, of, none of this like is... Uh, yeah. It's, none like, it's insane. Stop it. stop it. None of this is valid under Roe v. Wade, but uh, I guess the Supreme Court might overturn Roe v. Wade. Because, uh, the, the, uh, what's the name? Trump? No, uh, yeah, Trump basically, but uh, what's it, Gorsh, Gorsh, what's his name? Uh, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh. Well, we'll see what the, we'll see what the Supreme Court does. I think it's a little early to start now, panicking. They need five. No. They need five votes, and, and I don't think they have them. Yes, they got five. Uh, it's five, um, five, four, really. Well, five uh, conservatives 
and five. Uh, well, but we don't know that just because they're conservative judges that they're going to vote to overturn Roe. Now, now, Pete, you come from a religious milieu. A <laughs> milieu. Now, uh, but you're no longer religious. You've you've oh, you've turned your back on God. How dare you? I think you should, <laughs> I think you should read my book. I I am a spiritual person. If you're wondering if I'm pro-choice, that, yes, of course I'm pro-choice. I believe in people's right to do with their body. Like who has that? Oh, unfortunately, it's Louis. <laughs> I, I understand that that's a hot button issue as well. well but he has that thing where, too. like, you can you shoot somebody that, that's I'll in your house. Torque, God damn it. Ah. Uh, no, what the, but what, but what, he has the bit about you can shoot somebody that's in your house. Imagine if somebody was in your body. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's a it's a shocking way to sort of make an interesting point. Um, but yeah, of course, I, I believe in uh, a woman's right to choose. No, but do you is, believe in it? Well. But do you believe in it uh, in absolute terms? Like, say, we're at the eighth month, and that, and and the baby uh, is fully formed. Would you believe in it then? The, I, I don't really. I don't see any what? benefit in commenting on. Okay, this fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I will. I we will. always wander down this well, dark it's, alley when we talk about women's rights. Let's go with what? Yeah, that's what I don't like. Is let's go with what actually is happening with this law. Six weeks in Alabama. This is six week law, but they do. The little uh, guys in Alabama, all the white guys in Alabama, it's like, yeah. And even if you're raped, if through rape, that's right. They say, well, you still got because every life is precious. You still got to well, keep the baby. And they give the rapist um, parental rights, to, by to, the way, historically. Really? Well, I, there was I, just a case. Somebody raped a twelve. Uh, this was just a couple of years ago, to be fair. But somebody raped a twelve-year-old girl, and then nine years later, he petitioned for paternal rights and got it. So that's wow. fun. Right. So well, yeah, this is some but it's six serious. weeks. You well, don't even know I, I, if you're pregnant. Usually, I would just say this: um, because we are a comedy podcast, we do do politics. We always try to relate it, if we can, to the world of comedy. This would be a positive thing for the comedy seller because, uh, you know, if, Ro- if Roe v. Wade is overturned, New York will always have abortions. People come here for abortions. They say, you "Why not take in a comedy show?" Well, we're here. <laughs> wow, oh, you are a dark sob. Right, right after, right after they hit Planned Parenthood, you think they're gonna pop yeah, over right. here? Pop well, over. it could only help. I mean, they're here in town anyway, and I mean, worst case scenario is they don't take in a show. And but they can't always... because they're gonna, they're gonna go to jail. Is the point? No, not if they come here where it's perfectly think, legal. So most of the people who, by the way, are not going to have access are. Um, P- women who do not have financial means. Well, they wouldn't have come to the show anyway. <laughs> they can't afford the cover charge. Yeah, but King, it, I'm trying to put a positive spin. It's, it's not a positive spin. It's just horseshit. I, I, really, <laughs> I really think this is horseshit. I love you, you Keith. Keith. More and you know, more I'm every just day. Sitting here, I was like, I'm just gonna wait for this whole topic to pass. Uh, yeah, like a barge. Every, everybody <laughs> should be annoyed that this whole thing is coming back. Well, yeah, we are annoyed. Coming yeah, back. Annoying. We're annoyed, Keith. I'm trying to keep it light, but I would say that... Yeah, it can't me, be light, goddammit. Some things ain't we'll, light, Dan. Well, you, you may be right, but we'll see, what, <laughs> we'll see what the Supreme Court has to say about it. Remember, this country's always had a very strong pro-life uh, constituency. That hasn't changed. They're trying to challenge Roe, and, uh, you know, I think Roe will be upheld. That's set law. Well, but it can, well, set, set can be overturned. Time. But they're sneaking, find a way... <laughs> <laughs> they tiptoeing around it. That's all they're doing. Well, it's we'll, fucked up. I actually bullshit. didn't know all of those details, unfortunately. So Once again, we probably made man. half of them up. No, no <laughs> what you said sounded—at least what you said sounded—and hey, um, it's terrifying. And I, I'm I not literally in, I'm made not all of that, in it, but up. I'm like, oh, it's heartbreaking. It's so sad, and I'm so sorry. If it's if horrible. You knew abortion were legal, Keith. I mean, we're illegal. 
How would that change your sex life, if at all? <laughs> not at not one bit. I'm going full throttle. Okay. Can I say that? Yeah. Are you saying you can say your that? Bag, you're wearing a bag, is what you're saying. Absolutely not. No bag. <laughs> well, we are it. on Raw Dog Radio. Raw Dog. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess your comment is appropriate. There's jokes right there. Yeah, there's yeah, jokes. Some jokes. This guy's yeah. reading abortion laws. <laughs> Well, we are trans. We? We're trans uh, genre. That's right. We're trans genre. We're but I'm going to bring it back to comedy. <laughs> Good. By the way, uh, Dave Rath, if you want to start hop on the mic, he does not want to hop on the mic. Dave Rath is at a loss for words, which is okay. rare. Rare, rare indeed. Uh, now, here's something in the comedy world, and I think this is interesting. Our friend, our dear friend Ahmed Ahmed, you know Ahmed Ahmed. I know. I don't Ahmed think that's Ahmed. his real name. Names. But it might Ahmed Ahmed. I, I don't think those are his real names. Either one. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> here are the jokes. <laughs> he was in uh, Naples, Florida, at a comedy club, and apparently was talking about on stage. He said something like, uh, "Hey, who here is from the Middle East?" And a few people raised their hand. And he said, "Oh, we could start our own terrorist organization." And then after the show, a couple of audience members called the police. They felt uncomfortable. They thought maybe he's legitimately recruited. I don't know what they thought. They called the cops. Because that's how you do it. The cops right, came. Exactly. Bin Laden started at the Chuckle Hut. I don't know if you know that. He was an improv team. You, you know, if, if, a, if a Middle Eastern comic didn't talk about terrorism, I would be a little suspicious. It is interesting, though. Because that, that, would be, that would be a little disquieting. Why? Because every Middle Eastern comic says something about terrorism. Pretty much. That's kind of, right? I mean, true or false? False. You're false. saying that's false. Aziz, Kumail. Aziz is not Middle Eastern. Uh, you're right. Aziz, 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 Aziz is Eastern. So yeah, Far Eastern so doesn't count. Do audiences have the subtlety to know that? I've been uh, with Kumail uh, at shows where they yell terrorist. <laughs> I, mean, I have. And if the comics don't I, mention it, the audience yes, members certainly do. I was with Kumail in 2001 when we started. That's uh, how tense it was. I don't know if audiences are subtle enough. People like that are going to go, he's Far Eastern. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to know that. That's but you're a right, very you're good right. point. Uh, yeah. The point is, is terrorism humor is a mainstay of Middle Eastern comedians. If, if it's not well, all mean, of the, it's a mainstay. It's a, it's, a common, it's a common. It's common. It's I'll common. It's common. Yeah. It's, it's the common. elephant in the room that you make jokes about. Well, it's like. Right not, not anymore. <laughs> it, it's a guy, if a guy who's extremely right, overweight, yeah. generally speaking, at some point in his act, We'll address the fact that he's extremely it's overweight. It's fluffy, is what you're well, saying. Well, like well, that. it has to be addressed because everybody's thinking it. Well, back in the '80s, like you know, most of the black comics would you know come off with a hey, only careful, chip in the cookie because I'm out, I'm out, I'll, I'll rob your car, whatever, some <laughs> horse shit like that. Right. And now it's like so far advanced over. So maybe with the Middle Eastern comics, yeah. because now a that. black comedian is is expected. It's not unusual. It's not weird. There's nothing. There's nothing but there bizarre was a time about that. You felt that same time, urge. Yeah. I remember seeing Todd Lynn, rest in peace, right here at the cellar, and he felt the need to go like, "Why are you looking at me? Like, why is the bouncer on stage?" That is a remnant of that same right. instinct to right. address. Why is there a big black man on stage? Right. Uh, exactly. so yeah. Yeah. Dante Nero had a very similar sort of thing. Yeah. And 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 a lot of gay comedians, if they're gay in a way that's yep. obvious, shall mean. we say, we're going to talk about that. And, and but at a certain point, it doesn't become as necessary. 
right? Well, it, right, it might not. Maybe not necessary, but it has Maybe in Naples, Florida, we're speaking, I mean, it's more indicative of the audience members than... Is but even here in New... Even, even, even here in New... Is that a big gay area? No, no, no. I mean that it's not unusual oh, to have a Muslim or... Oh, that's uh, where the story yeah. was. Yes. Look, even here in, in, in New York, if your name is Ahmed or Mustafa or Mohammed... Generally speaking, you're going to say something about it. Who is buying a ticket to Ahmed Ahmed and can't handle that joke? Well, that's another good point. I mean, maybe they, they didn't realize that Ahmed Ahmed was a, I don't know. It's an <laughs> amazing pretty ob- name. Yeah. Pretty obvious. If that you it's didn't a- get it the first time, you got it <laughs> yeah. the second time. <laughs> Ahmed? Ahmed. Oh, Ahmed, 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 Ahmed. Well, the good news is that the police, um, they came, they, they, they asked him a few questions. I don't know why they even bothered. Come they in, but they showed the up. Well, they, I don't know what they asked. What did they ask? Uh, yeah, that's what they I probably said, oh, "Are you planning a terrorist act?" He said, "No," and they and they uh, and they said, "Oh, okay," because most don't know. terrorists who are planning no, a terrorist I don't, act, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they asked. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, out. I don't what think, it is, I don't is think it's, it's going to be online. Is it's, uh, it's pretty fucked up. I'm sure it, it didn't feel great <laughs> for a man. But then they say, if you see something, say something. Yeah. Well, that's true. Well, so the audience see. Yeah. Yeah. Did they say that in Florida, though? I thought they no, said, that's not what go they to Disney World. Stand, that's every stand sh- your ground. That's, <laughs> that's a Florida law. Well, I, I'm mad. The good news is, is any publicity is good, they say. And, well, uh, it's, he, what, what they, do you... Uh, comedian's Middle Eastern reference at Naples Comedy Club prompts 911 call. Yes. They called 911? It's like the guys in Starbucks all over again. When, like, Why, he was on stage? Yeah. Oh, well, that's not what I read. I read that, well, it doesn't matter. The point is they well, call the police. Well, I mean, it, it matters matter. a little bit. The point is they call the police. That's the yeah, Calling the police is different than dialing 911. Yeah, that's an emergency. This I guy just the, made I a really the, bad joke. I'm calling 911. <laughs> I sometimes call the police just to chat. You don't need an emergency. You can just be like, what's going on? Guys? I was okay, thinking. Yeah, I, a lot of people probably don't know how to call the police other than 911. You, you know what I Even if it's not an emergency. I've never called the cops on a white guy, and that annoys me. <laughs> you should start. I haven't. Not, you know, from the history of white guys, I should call the cops all the time. A white guy comes through, but I've never did it. That's I've really funny. Never... That sounds like a bet. Like, how do you call 911 on a white collar crime? <laughs> like, they're, they're laundering money or, or embezzlement. I don't know what it is. But I never have. I call, we can uh, make that happen. Puerto Ricans, blacks, <laughs> a white guy. This is a really fucked up story. It is fucked up. Thank you. Yeah, Danny you're the key. More you were just the well, key. What, what else? Well, being the voice of key. What else uh, would you like to discuss with regard to that story? My point is, terrorists don't do meet and greets. We don't say death to America, but hey, can we take a selfie first? <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It's it speaks unfortunately to the. It's a the pretty us handsome guy. Them paranoia that we have in this country. Wait a minute. She's lusting after our bad <laughs> I, like, I, I didn't Can know I what he looked like. He's pretty good looking. <laughs> yeah, he is good looking. That is, come on. That's a guy that opens a mutual fund for you. That's not a terrorist. Not that a terrorist looks like anything. <laughs> well, I like, be, this is a tricky podcast, man. I didn't know I was coming into a hotbed. It's a hotbed. Well, as, as I've said, well, we, we. What if a man, a man turned out to be a terrorist? I know. This Probably is not a very good one. This is, a, this is the plot of Homeland, by the way, that a terrorist doesn't... This is what we're learning as a country, that a terrorist is a person who does terror. They don't look like anything. My friend Azhar Usman, if we looked at a photo, I'm correcting myself, looks like if we were watching a 90s movie, like a terrorist. Big, big old beard. He's a big dude, intimidating dude. I love him to death. One of the sweetest people in the world. 
But who's committing terrorists? Fucking white dudes. Well, that's what I was going to say. With all due respect, I love you and I think you're wonderful. But most terrorists, you're the one in this country who looks like a terrorist. That's the point I'm trying to make. And I I know I'm agreeing with you. Yes, that's it. But nobody, but nobody does that in this country, right? We don't call white men terrorists, but most of the terror. If I went on stage and was like, we should start a terror group. Nobody's going to call. Yeah. I just Nobody's call. even going to laugh. Nobody's no, no, you're it. right. It's true. That- I just called 911 on Pete. <laughs> <laughs> you got your wish. You got your wish. Well, um, we, we do call them terrorists. If, if uh, I think uh, everybody agrees uh, and nobody disputes that um, the bombers from Oklahoma City, was it name, Timothy McVeigh, was a terrorist. Yeah, but if a guy's a, if a guy's clearly just a lunatic with no political agenda, then by definition he's not a terrorist. Yeah, but if your target is, you know, a black church or a, a mosque, then it's an act of terror. That is the political agenda. If if a white guy shoots up, you know, a Walmart, and it's white people, then we can go. Unfortunately, that's fucked up as well, but it, it has less of a political motive. But when racist people shoot up racial other races, then then it's it's definitely a different thing. Yeah, well, the motivation is. We never call white men who do those acts of terror terrorists. They're mentally ill or they have some other fucking bullshit. Whatever we call them, it's not like we're taking it easy on them. They go to jail, they get executed. No, no, no. The the word terrorism is taken on a certain connotation. It doesn't mean mean that white people that shoot shoot up schools are are treated treated kindly. They're They're treated much better. Well, Timothy Vague was executed. Well, I, and, he's and, maybe and that the other guy was just to sentenced to death. That uh, what's his name? One oh. of the church shooters, I think, was just sentenced to death. I no, forgot what his name was. If, if you don't have that stigma on you of being a terrorist, it helps. Well, I don't like, know that. I want to see Pete stop more often at airports. <laughs> Man, <laughs> well, he, he, the size of my body alone. Well, I don't. Are you stopped? I know you're not stopped for terrorism. Are you stopped frequently as as uh, as HBO's Pete Holmes? I mean, how now, often, now we're into regular <laughs> podcast how, questions again. Thank how God. How often are you? You don't want to ask me about stem cell research. <laughs> well, I don't gay know. marriage. We Is there had, anything else? We actually had Michael well, J. Fox you know, on not that long ago. Really? Talk to him about stem cell if, research. Uh, That's hilarious. <laughs> if Noam were here, we would probably go into. Israel. Rashid Tlaib, yeah. or yes. however you pronounce it, in Israel. But he's not here, so we're not going to do that. We'll save it for him. We'll save it for another you time. You know where I'm famous is this neighborhood, because it's the set of Crashing. So if you saw, obviously Jerry Seinfeld's super, super famous, but if he wasn't that famous, but he stood in front of the restaurant in the Upper West Side from the show, that's like me walking around this neighborhood. That's sweet. This is, this is where I'm famous. Well, I, I get recognized in Above this neighborhood. Above 14th Street, I don't get recognized. <laughs> well, I get recognized after a show when they say, Hey, weren't you just on the show? Yeah. And even <laughs> by the way, even then, sometimes they think I'm Lenny Marcus. No, I Hilarious. walk around with it like a video of me, videotape of Play. me on crashing, playing and just on an walk. iPad. They say, "What's that?" Oh, oh, that's, that's how I get recognized. That's I want to hear about the fake steak. Fake I was eating a mushroom. I don't eat meat, so I was eating a portobello. Oh, you're mushroom. a vegetarian. I'm yes. a vegetarian. Are you really? Yeah. Are I'm, you a, I'm a flea. Are you a vegan? I'm a flexible vegan. What does oh, that I mean? I love that. Is that like a bi- bicurious? It it's like I'm. Well, I am bicurious, <laughs> and I don't. I don't eat meat or dairy, but I'm very lax about it. Which means you do eat meat and dairy. No, no, I, I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm pretty strict on meat, but I don't beat myself up, and I wish more people would be open to that lifestyle now, because veganism is looked at this club where it's like you're in and no, then if I'm you like eat a cookie you. you're out no no I'm like you and if more people if you were vegan one meal a day I, and I'm vegan three meals a day most days 
And then occasionally, maybe I'll have a cookie. It's usually a sweet that I'll. But cheat you don't for. eat meat. Or I'll eat. Or I'll eat sushi occasionally. That's a cheat. So I don't want to be put in any box. But what I'm saying is, most of the time I eat plants. That's very good for my body. That's very good for the planet. That's very good for uh, the the pl- global. It's good for the animal. It's good for the animal as well. There's the ethic benefit. So what's your well. main motivation for being vegetarian, health. vegan, flexitarian, whatever you want to call? It's I get high from it. You're I right? think I think most people are sick. They're eating. Mass farm That's fucking right. nonsense, That's and right. it makes them feel sick. The meat industry is horrific in this country. Well, Pink I, I, ooze, I, I, Google it. Pigs. I, well, I had pigs smarter than dogs, and you're eating this fucking nasty nitrate antibiotic, no, right. cancerous bullshit. It's fucked up to the animal. It's fucked up to you. So what people don't know, and I wish people did know, all day I've been drink because I'm doing press all fucking day. Smoothies, green juice. That's all I'm eating. Maybe some lentil soup or something. That's all I'm eating. Keeps me high. It gets you high. If you want life, eat life. Eat some living things. I talked to Colin Quinn. I laughed right in his face. I was like, you had a heart attack. What are you doing differently? He was like, I'm taking Lipitor. I was like, <laughs> eat some kale. Colin! But, you should be Kalen Quinn. Wait, well, how, how, <laughs> well, how long have you been veganing? It's only been maybe six years, five, now, six but- years. In your in your in your previous life, yeah. when you were eating meat, you yeah. didn't find a delicious steak or a cheeseburger to be a euphoric experience. Absolutely, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. You, but look at the animal. Look at what you are. You're eating something that's so dense in calories. Your brain sends a signal. Same with a milkshake that says, "This is good. This will keep us alive." But this is a caveman mentality. You found something that's dense in calories. It says, "Eat this." We don't know when something like this is going to come around again. Now we're eating it three fucking meals a day. This is why there's an obesity epidemic. Epidemic. That's why there's a sugar addiction epidemic. It's why our kids are fucking dying. Everybody's pre-diabetic. Everybody's pre-stroke. Everybody's pre-cancer. It's fucked up. I don't care what gets you a good feeling. But you feeling. said it gets you high to yeah, be but a I'm vegan. Not, I'm not it talking about while good. I'm eating it. I'm talking about all fucking day. How do you you're feel You're high because minutes? you feel proud that you're a vegan. No, because no. he feels... Well, I let him answer the question. How does this dummy host a podcast? <laughs> I'm saying not while I'm eating it. All day, clean, burning uh, energy entering uh, my cells oh. and fueling me. The, the cheeseburger might taste good, but how's that bowel movement like four hours later that you're pushing for nine hours, you diarrhea box-having person? <laughs> I, I, don't, was, I, that, I don't think well, you're an I, idiot, by the way. I, 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 uh, I, I take offense. I, I, I kind of like I that. Think it was, <laughs> I, I think it when was... When I'm at the table, I like being mean. I, I, like, being I think mean. it was craft services that was responsible for my <laughs> diarrhea. So the blame Hilarious. is squarely on the shoulders well, of my HBO. Show, my show is not vegan. It's very hard to be ethical in your food because technically you shouldn't eat at a restaurant. If you're like into ethics of animals, which I am, you shouldn't eat at a restaurant that's served. Because if you buy a salad at a steakhouse, you're still giving money, more money than the salad costs, that goes to the murder of animals. So it's very, very hard. That's why I'm trying to invite people into a more flexible, not so black and white, not so binary, like... Let's just start with what we can eat. One a thing. I a day. got one thing. One day a week. But maybe. now, Pete, now Pete got, is a carnivore. I, one, well, yeah, I am a carnivore. But I got one thing with yes, you. Yes, you yes. had absolutely nothing on abortion. And now I'm all about <laughs> vegan. Yeah, no, I know. I know. What look, about the animals, man? I am. No, he said he was pro-choice. He nah, said he was nah, squarely nah, pro-choice. If no one were here, and he's not here, but if he were here, he would say, you're very concerned about animals. That's noble. But what about... Fetuses. I love life. I am like I wish pro life had a different thing. Like I wish it was called like pro marshaling women's bodies. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's bad marketing or it's good marketing for them. I am pro life. I think it's a beautiful thing. Life. I, I just had a baby. It's one of the most beautiful things you can do. Do I think that people should be 
conscious if they get an abortion, like think about it and consider it and consider their options. There's a line as long as the Mississippi that will adopt your baby. And listen to all the stories about people that say they will give their baby up for adoption and then they bond with the baby and then they keep the baby and then they love the baby. There's all these good stories for that. But do I think it should be mandated by the state? Absolutely. Or by the country? Absolutely not. But yes, I'm pro. I'm into, let's say this, I'm into life. I love life. This, this. There you go. I love well, animal you're talking, lives. I love baby you're talking lives. Like a, I love old lives. I think old people in, in nursing homes deserve dignity and respect. I think our elders deserve dignity and respect. I believe our babies deserve dignity and respect. I believe animals and plants deserve dignity and respect. Uh, but do I think it should be marshaled on a state now, level? Now, are no. you really this positive or are you on medication? <laughs> I'm on green juice, baby. <laughs> I still feel bad for calling you an idiot. An Every time we did a scene and I roasted you and I call you a wooden puppet or wet lips or whatever it was i'd feel bad as i was saying it and here i am again well you know that, that's interesting because you were saying it it was it was fictitious it was a tv it show was, yeah. but you wouldn't have called me a wooden puppet if you didn't feel i had some qual- physical qualities. qualities that resembled on some level a woman wooden puppet yeah that's true <laughs> now, you know, it's like when a fat guy gets called for an audition, and well, and all the, the uh, all the lines are. Look at this, line, yeah. I'm a fat guy. Well, yeah. yes, it's fiction, but yeah, you're yeah, a fat guy, yeah. and that's why you were called in for this audition. So, well, you mostly just said you sounded like an AM radio left on an old person. Well, that, but that's record. not an insult. I take yeah. that as a compliment. Whether yeah. you meant it as such, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but but I've devoted much of my life to cultivating the AM radio voice. <laughs> Being a wooden puppet is not something that I have cultivated nor desire. Yeah. Did he convert you... To veganism? Yeah, to somewhat... I am on board with vegetarianism, maybe not veganism. I think it's great for the environment, as you said, great for the animal, great for everything. I can't do it. You could do it. I think you could do it. I can't do it. That's a cop-out. Of course you could do it. That's a cop-out. I love meat, and I became a vegetarian. the, the meat and dairy industry creates more pollution than planes, trains, and cars not, combined. You see, I need that. And when people are like, oh, in L.A., there's I, a drought, there's I, a drought. There's a, I passed a billboard that says, you know, there's this campaign, like, don't throw away your food, eat your food. They were like, one egg, throwing away one egg wastes 52 gallons of water. Eat your eggs. I was like, shouldn't that sign say, don't make eggs? 52 gallons of water? And I don't even have the stats. But when you get to a pound of beef, the amount of water that this well, shit costs, it's I, fucking I, I, I do. Crazy. I am paying more attention. I do try. I am cutting down on my red meat, both for health and environmental reasons. But to go completely veg well, or that's vegan. That's what I'm saying. Try it slowly, Dan. I'm saying this with love. I need. Try it slowly. I believe that to be vegetarian, you have to be an essentially a happy person. That's hilarious. Be- because, well, let's work on that. Because if I'm happy, I don't need meat. I got other things in my I life. Love, but when you know, all I, you have is that cheeseburger. Can I tell you something, Damn it, Dan? You, you're going to eat that cheeseburger. You're going to love that. I think you're going to love this because this is empathy for you. Because remember, I ate meat for 36 years or, or more. So, or, well, it was less. But so don't think that I'm like demonizing you. In fact, I have a bit. Keith, my carnivore brother. <laughs> when I'm in New York, this bit kills. I go, I'm a vegan. People boo. I go, I know, I know. In New York is the only place where it does not make sense to not eat meat because it's so hard to live here. 
that when you get to the restaurant after being on the J train <laughs> and taking this cross town and a cab splashes a puddle and a homeless guy throws up fire on your neck, you're like, I made it. Fuck you, chicken. Give me that chicken. It is so hard to be vegan here. I completely empathize. You go to L.A., it's sunny. Everybody's wearing linen. We have tans and there's a juice place everywhere. It's easy to be vegan. So I, I empathize to everybody listening. It's not easy. All I'm saying is give it a try. Maybe one meal a day. Well, I do one meal a what? There one, you go. Meal a day. I think do you that'd do be meat, all right. Do you do meatless Monday? Yeah, no, I do. Sometimes I don't eat meat at all. See that okay, breaks so my heart. I, I don't like the guilt in it. I'm like, no. I want but, to be. Happy. But I just think it's also about the industry in this country. Like they're feeding us poison. Yeah. You can get. Sustainable. You can even but eat. Meat. Isn't everything bullshit after a while? Even I don't know. Whole vegan thing. Isn't that bullshit? After well, dude, if you want to talk about water, that seeps into almonds, whatever you're doing. Almonds take a lot of fucking water to make. Almond, almond, almond milk, milk isn't yeah. great for the environment. That's right. why oat milk is better. So every, yes, that's a beautiful point. Everything is sort of fucked down to it. I have a joke too, where I'm like, a tomato would rather live. <laughs> It's not conscious. It can't talk. It doesn't make noise. But it is life. It wants to be. All life feeds on death. This is what all the great myths are helping us cope with. And we don't have good myths anymore, so we're suffering as a people. Sugar is fucked, too. Sugar is the worst. Anybody listening, please watch the movie Fed Up. It's unbelievable. It'll change your life. And, And they make this point. They were like, if another country was doing what we're doing to our own children, we'd go to war. There'd be World War III to, to be the death the disease, people getting uh, gastrointestinal surgery at 14 that can kill you and often doesn't even work just to keep big fucking medicine going. These people do not give a fuck about you, and this is what's important. The meat industry doesn't give a fuck about you. Alcohol industry doesn't give a fuck about you. Well, Tobacco no business give gives a fuck about you. About you. I know, and that's Carnival important. cruises don't give a fuck about you. Dude, but it's important if you're following a dream. So your dream is like, I want to eat a good cheeseburger and feel that bliss. At least make sure that you are the author of that dream. Don't buy someone else's narrative of what happiness is. Find your own and be conscious about it. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I stopped drinking, for example. It made me a lot happier and a lot You healthier. don't drink at all. I stopped drinking. It's been about a year and a half. This despite the fact they say that a, a glass of red wine a day is actually helpful. Huh? Bullshit. Come on. Yeah, well, you, you, you say... Why do bull- they say that? Antioxidents, right? Well, why I don't, don't know they, why they say Why don't they say that? grape juice? You don't think there's antioxidents well, in grape juice? These studies are funded by the alcohol industry. You know what I'm saying? They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. This wine has saved my life. Well, Pete... Well, maybe it does uh, have a blood-thinning quality, but there are other things that can thin your blood. Just as you weren't prepared to... (laughs) I must say, just as you weren't prepared to talk about abortion, I... Not prepared necessarily to talk about... I like that I found your ...the food industry. I would have studied up on it. Uh, Well, watch Fed Up and talk about it on your podcast. Have you had the Impossible Burger? Love it. That's what I said. It's amazing. It it's is unbelievable. It's damn oh, wait a minute. Now, this is, this, this is pissed me off. Here bro. comes Keith. You two phonies. Who's a phony? Here it is. Keith and Perry. I Perry like Ellen. the Impossible Burger. That he wants a real real burger. Why not? You, I mean, I want a pack a of cigarettes and like a pound of cocaine, but I stopped <laughs> doing that. Because <laughs> it's going to fucking kill me. To Keith's point, that's why when you said I don't eat meat that much, it breaks my heart. I, I do want us to have love <laughs> and compassion for each other. You know the assholes that stop smoking and they start immediately right, telling right. people, you know, that's killing you? We need to remember when that's I'm me. talking to you and when I'm talking to you, I'm talking to myself. Right. I ate meat the majority of my life. But we you can't sound become like these Yosemite Sam on the island trying to convince himself that coconut's the best thing ever. <laughs> I like that reference. I'm going to have to go in you the time that episode to get it. But. Well, Yosemite Sam, he's like, 
ooh, coconut, coconut cream pie and roasted coconut. And, and, he's, and, he's, and he's like, I hate coconut. But, it, I, but he's that, trying to convince himself that coconut is great. Isn't that you get an Impossible Burger? If I eat an Impossible Burger with no meat, I'm going to want meat sooner or later. I want a real burger on... You, you say Impossible Burger is a gateway yes. burger. Yes. I understand that. I, th- I think you guys are fine as you are. I don't want to change you. And, you know, maybe give it a try. See how you feel. <laughs> well, When you're ready, if you want. Well, Pete certainly ha- has an evangelical zeal. I do like with regards I, I, I have to that problem. health yes, and I have and that problem. He's very judgmental on it. Oh my <laughs> god. I don't think he's judgmental, but he's I'll even- buy you a plate of wings right now just to prove. <laughs> he's not judgmental. He is evangelical. It does remind me a little bit of a multi-level marketing Wait, you know, uh, the full uh, of shit pitch. Is- yeah, you're right. I could sell a, I could sell a timeshare. <laughs> We need to remember that we're full of shit. Vegans are full of shit. You know what I mean? We need to remember that we're all full of shit. And that's what's missing from the vegan dialogue is some humility and some I don't know. I just got uh, a, a signal from one of your team. Yeah. That well, we I need have to, a thing. We need to wrap th- things up. So. And some bacon for you boys. So, uh, we'll wrap it in bacon. A fig for us and we'll wrap it in bacon for you guys. Uh, thank you, Pete. I think she's coming back to me. Uh, something about her Perry? lets me know Perry? she can be convinced. I'm looking at her. And cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> Once a smoker, always a smoker. Uh, I will say, I think the last time I ate meat was in New York City, and it was alone in my hotel, and I was like, fuck it, I want some chicken wings. I See, I agree that I feel like I like being a vegetarian, but I like not being puritanical about it. That's what I'm trying. That's exactly my Like, when I was point, in Italy yeah. a few years ago... I ate yeah. a piece of meat from the farm next to yeah. wherever the fuck I was staying. And I was like, that's fine. And I, I think what we're doing, if we do it consciously and deliberately and with love and with compassion for ourselves and for our predicament being in this world, that's a beautiful thing. You can almost do anything with compassion and awareness and, and have it be okay. That's kind of a weird thing to say, but it's true. I also just want to plug my book, Comedy Sex God, which we talked a little Comedy bit about. Comedy Sex, Sex God, God, we talked about it. Yeah. It's basically what happens. It's called. It could be called After Crashing. The fourth season of Crashing. Uh, but it's not. It's called Comedy Sex God. With a spiritual bent, but it's not as preachy as I've been on this podcast. <laughs> well, we, we invite Only you. towards the end. Only towards the end. Right yeah. when I've got you, <laughs> and you have to finish it. You're like, this asshole, but I got to finish we it. We invited you here to be you. Had you come here without... An evangelical Bent? zeal, I would have tossed you right out. Thank you very much. Uh, and Dan, I don't want I anything other than the real you an idiot. You're a sweet man and a funny man. Okay, but now you're getting obsessive compulsive with your apology. That's true, and it's more about me than it is you, <laughs> isn't it? About, yeah. I want to sound nice more Keith, than receive Keith, the thank you for coming down early. We're, we're taping hey, early today because Pete was only uh, able to come here at four. Are you, are, you, are you on the shows tonight, Hey, Pete? man, I just want to go out and buy the comedy sex guy. Thank you. That's all I want to do now. It's about you. <laughs> <laughs> Ah. And, you, and can, you know you're raw dog in it. <laughs> Chapter one, raw dog. And you can still listen to Keith. Uh, if, you've, if you haven't heard enough of Keith, then you can never get enough. He co-hosts Three Girls, One Keith with his dear friend, Amy Schumer. Rachel Feinstein. And Rachel Feinstein and Bridget and Everett. Everett. Yeah. Oh, those are three and have you, Those have, are three have you met? Uh, you can't cut one. Have you met the, the baby, by the way? Uh, Gat was named uh, Gina Tell. Gina Tell. Gina Tell uh, Fisher. A lovely baby. Well, uh, Good so baby. our congratulations to Amy once again on, on uh, the birth of her child. Yep. Periel, uh, whatever. Um, no, you're part of the show, so I don't need to thank you. My baby's middle name is Lang. And, and you have a baby, too. <laughs> <Just kidding>. uh, <laughs> okay. 
It's uh, it's uh, <laughs> that was <laughs> good for you. everybody who yeah. caught that. Yeah, that was that very was okay. good. Pete brought uh, the jokes. All right, next time I think our next episode is that with, with Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla. Oh, wow. hey. We're really, we're really, uh, we're really on a Carolla. Oh, bring up all the things you brought up with me with him, and you'll get some dirt. All righty, we'll, he, we'll uh, noted, noted. He won't and, play it safe. <laughs> all right, thank you, everybody. We'll all see right. you next time. Thank you.